Black Poker Podcast. As always, we are officially sponsored by Running Aces Casino, Racetrack, and Hotel, as well as website AMP. And here we are, another Chats edition of the podcast. And tonight we are going to hang out with Elliot Rowe. Uh, he's been on the show before, a great friend of Rec Poker. He's a mindset coach. He's a speaker. He's a podcaster. Uh, he's a co-founder of Primed Mind with Fedor Holtz. And I'm sure plenty of other things that we'll dig into a little bit. Uh, but before we get to uh, Elliot, let's first introduce the panel. Uh, my name is Steve Fredland. I go by Rec Poker Steve in the Poker Stars home game. And I have a quote from Elliot Rowe. He says, all the talent and skill in the world is useless if you can't execute when it's time to perform. And I'm Chris Jones. I'm 5x5 five five on Poker Stars and Twitter. And I'm excited for this conversation because I had a rough day at the tables yesterday and I wanted to talk about uh, some of those aspects. So I'm Jim Reed, Bluffsterini in the home games. And uh, if you don't know what your C game is, you're playing your C game way too much. <laughs> And I'm John Somsky. I'm Poker Geek MN everywhere. And I have a quote from no, no one other than our very own Chris Jones. Satellites put me into deep agony of nitdom. <laughs> I, remember. I remember that one. <laughs> I'm Rob Washam. I'm Radman 50 almost everywhere. And I'm with Chris. I had a very bad day at the tables today. Um, so I'm anxious to hear your answer to what Chris will be asking. <laughs> Perfect timing that. All right, a couple quick things. Uh, as you guys know, we do the interview with Elliot. It'll be a panel discussion. And then at, at the end of the show, we'll dig more into the community happenings, what's going on around Rec Poker. Uh, but just to tease it out a little bit, a few of the things we're going to talk about. Marek Madness, when you're listening to this, we got the finals coming up Thursday night on Twitch. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about merchandise. We got our order coming in at the end of the month. And now you can do any color on any fabric of any thread, whatever you want. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, the book study book is just getting started. My Michael Acevedo, Modern Poker Theory. And we are running with our Learn Pro Poker Partnership. So we'll talk more about that in detail as we go. But here he is, Elliot Rowe. Welcome back to Rec Poker. Hey guys, thanks so much for having me on the show. Now, where what are we looking at there? Where where are we? Where's our studio? Where are we hanging out? Oh, so this is this is my office. I'm in Salt Lake, Utah. Um, so yeah, this is my uh, this is where I hide. Nice. Now I don't remember the microphone last time. It looks like you kind of like you. This is a real. Um, yeah, I um, I've I've had it for a while. Um, I was I was thinking that the sound was good enough through the Mac, but I've, I've realized there's quite a big level up if you bother using a mic. So uh, so yeah, I'm trying trying to make sure I bother using this now. Nice. I'm probably going the other way. Like I've got my, my office upstairs, like a nice boom mic. My kids moved out finally because they were back from COVID. So I took over his bedroom, made it my office, and now I'm not sure if the sound is as good. So uh, we'll, we'll test drive that on you a little bit here. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about what's, what's going on. I mean, uh, you know, it's been a little while since we chatted. Any new projects? What's sort of the, the happening um, with Elliot Rowe? Well, I, I mean, I'm still, uh, the majority of the work I do is all the one-to-one -one coaching. So working with clients around the world, um, probably 30 to 40% is poker players and the rest is people in different sports or people in business, people on Wall Street traders, that sort of thing. Um, we have Prime Mind, which we're still developing, trying to grow that app, um, which some of you will have used. Um, we made that with Federal Holtz. There's a big poker section in that and quite a lot of it's free. Um and then I've got the A-game masterclass and run it once. So that's my big poker course. And then we have uh, another course we'll be launching later in the year fully, um, which is more of a lifestyle course as well. Um, so for business people, I'm still looking to work on their mindset, but not poker specific. Um, and that one's called the blueprint. Um, but that's, that's really the different, different areas that I'm working in right now. So, so how's the masterclass going? I know that was a, a project that you, I think you just recently wrapped it up last time we chatted. What's the, what's well, the we've really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it's gone really well. I think we've got close to a thousand people in the course, great. Um, which is obviously great. Um, it's really fun. I've been doing a lot of Q and A's in there. So we've 
we bring on people and they ask the questions and I tell them off and tell them they have to go and do the homework on the course and that sort of stuff. <laughs> um, but it has been really nice to, to have something comprehensive that I felt I could point people towards. That's really a, this is what I've seen that you need to do if you want to be a professional poker player and really walking them from a mindset point of view through the videos. Like you need to do this. You need to understand this section. This is how you prepare. This is how you study, etc. Um, and being able to send people to that obviously means that I can help many more people than I could possibly help doing one-to-one sessions. Um, so it, it's been really strong. Yeah. And I'm curious, you know, what you've learned through that process, because obviously the one-on-one coaching is great. It's, you know, it's, it's, people can engage with you directly, get the help that they need specifically, but I'm a business coach. So I get it. There's, there's something different that happens when you do in the masses of people. So when you, now that you do this masterclass, you have a thousand people taking it and, you know, you're getting a response on that. Has anything surprised you as far as what the masses are dealing with or the questions they ask? Uh, anything that's, that's sort of like different than what you would have expected given your one-on-one coaching? Um, I, I guess it's not a different expectation, but but there's obviously, um, there are a lot more people in that course who aren't necessarily high-level professional players. Um, so a lot of it does come down to like mindset issues regarding dealing with variance and accepting the game for what it is. Um, when it comes to the sort of the very high-level players, um, variance isn't really a topic in the same way. Um, because they're accepting it's a long-term game and it's just a career and hopefully I'll make money this year. You know, in my MTTs, I'm expecting to make a 20% return on investment, you know, something along those lines. Um, but definitely, um, I've certainly seen more in the questions that come through. You know, my aces got cracked or I was running a deep in a tournament. I was chip leader. I feel I should have won, but I didn't win. Those sorts of questions. So I just think that's something that a lot of players really need to work through. Um you know, and obviously, you not know, everyone's a world-class professional poker player. There's, there's going to be, there's going to be a big difference. But that's certainly the, the most obvious thing that I see. And then, obvious, then the other thing is when we see people follow the process and make the adjustments in their life. And you know, there's a lot of things to look at in that course, even things like sleep and exercise and getting their study and really how quickly a lot of their results turn around with the soft skills that aren't all necessarily poker technical skills so if they've just prepared you know they've, they've gone to the bathroom before they started um they actually have a plan for what to do on their breaks um they have they journal afterwards and they they set themselves up like the, the impact that seems to happen to have um on every level of poker player is pretty extreme um once all of those you know boxes get ticked well, you mentioned you mentioned variance, and I know uh, and it's a great segue for for Chris and Rob maybe to to share a little bit about their their recent experience. And I know Chris is a very logical person. He knows, you know, this is I'm supposed to get these aces cracked, these king cracked so often. It's just how it's supposed to work. But it's still as a recreational player, it still sucks. And maybe Chris, talk talk a little bit about your experience and. Well, I, I, so like this, I mean, I think, I, you know, I, this is not me trying to share all my, my bad beat stories or whatever, but um, you know what, what I think, um, so yesterday I had, you know, I, and I think I'm, I'm, I meditate regularly. I exercise before I play. I try to eat right. I really come to the game uh, just, you know, thinking the only thing I can control are the decisions that I make. Uh, everything else is sort of out of my, so like, I, I, I think of myself as somebody who deals with, with variants and like, Oh, yep. Yep. My ace has got cracked. Yeah. But so yesterday I had probably the most unique sort of run of poker that I think I've ever had where I would, um, I was in a tournament. I would, I built my, and it was like a, it was a big field. There's like 3000 players. Uh, I built myself up to top five in chips, stack and um i got one outed and then i'd go down to mid stack and i built back up and i got back up to a top chip stack and my aces got cracked again and that happened to me and each time i was like okay just you know get back to it back to it and and but at a certain point this this literally happened to me five times in a row where like i kind of like i just built it up and built it up and built it up and then i would you know I, i would get one or two outed on a river um, and, and by the fifth time it happened, I noticed that like all, all, all the stuff that usually works for me to like maintain that sort of level was like no longer working. And I was like, I was definitely, it was impacting the way I was playing and I was like making now I'm, uh, now I got to get it back. And now I got to like do some things that are out of character or out of line. And I'm just curious about like, 
you know, all of that's well and good, all those good intentions coming, making sure you understand that you have no control over these things and all that kind of stuff. But when you're dealing with those sort of those really rare instances of like, where it's just kind of like just the really bad run, like what are some recommendations that you'd have for players when they're come, like, what are some ways to prepare yourselves to be able to sort of deal with those and bounce back from those and be able to sort of like, sort of like, you know, okay, we're just going to keep going. Like what, yeah. what are some of the, some things that you, you coach people around with that kind of thing? I mean, well, the first thing, well done, because it sounds like you dealt with it five times before it impacted you. <laughs> so, I mean, you're probably not giving yeah. yourself credit for that. So what you managed to do is five times you managed to build a stack by playing good poker. You got unlucky and you had to rebuild the stack again. Um, and it sounds like on the sixth time or whatever time it was, that's when you adjusted your game to the frustration. And it was that time you didn't recover from. So you're sort of, you're a long way down the route of this. And probably all of that preparation is why it didn't happen on the first time. So, so the first thing is sort of well done for being able to create that buffer and, you know, maybe it doesn't happen on the sixth time and you go on and win the tournament. Um, but really what we want to see is obviously no shift on the sixth time, the seventh time, because none of it's really relevant. Um, some of the visualizations I, I talk to players about regarding this is really trying to view your, your chips in the tournament as extra lives in a video game. So you're going through a minefield and being chip leader just means you have a few extra lives compared to other people, but the, the mines are placed randomly. So we're just hoping to be the longest survivor rather than it being, I'm chip leader, I deserve to win. It's just, I have a couple of extra lives. I can get through a couple of extra bad beats compared to everyone else. And that, that has been quite helpful for a large number of players. Um, so sort of having that awareness of the game. Um, another one is viewing MTTs for, for what I think they really are, which is um, it's a lottery and being a skilled player gives you extra tickets. Um, and, but you're still not, if there's 3,000 people, you're still not supposed to win that very frequently. You're, you're supposed to be able to play very good poker and then still lose. And I think a lot of people who come from other competitive games, so people who've played a lot of chess, they've played a lot of sports, um, even some competitive, other competitive video games, um, they are very used to when they play their best and if they play better than their opponents, they win. And if they play their worst, they lose. And, and they're used to that as a structure for a game. Whereas with poker, if you play your very best, you get more lottery tickets than the other guys and you'll make money over the year. And, and I think having those things as a framework in the background of like, oh, I'm trying to get my extra, my extra raffle tickets rather than I'm going to play my best, I am going to win today. Um, because that's, that's just not how this game works. And if it did work like that, there would be no money in it whatsoever. And these are probably things you've heard before, but it's really sort of the deeper you can ingrain these as truths rather than, um, rather than see them as, oh yeah, that's a nice concept, but it's, this is literally how the game of poker works. There's 3000 people. If you if you win it one in 2000 times, you've done great. Right. And people don't see it as I've done great. If I win it one in 2000 times, because I was chip leader three times in this and I didn't win. Um, another thing that, it might be amusing story, but I, I work with a lot of clients and oftentimes those clients are playing in the same tournaments. And I've had calls in the past where I'll have three clients who've been in a tournament. They've all been chip leader at some stage and they're all complaining that they didn't win and they were chip leader. <laughs> now it wasn't possible <laughs> for all of them to win, but everyone feels that they got unlucky and if they played well, they would have won it. And I think if you start as a state, it's like this reframing of what MTCs really are mm -hmm. and how you make your value. And it sounds like you did a great job. You got sort of 90% of the way there, but even if you hadn't had that bad beat on the fifth time or the sixth time, um, we still have to get very, very lucky to close that out. And oftentimes everyone except the winner feels like they, they got unlucky. And, and it wasn't fair. Um, how does that help, Chris, as, a, as an understanding of this, the sort of the, the way that I frame it and the way that I view this? I love, I love, I've never actually heard the, the lottery ticket uh, example. And I love that. I love that idea because it's sort of like, um, it, it is, um, I mean, it, it is exactly what we're describing, right? In, in a poker tournament is that, you know, even the worst, potentially a player who's never played before in their life uh, shows up in a field full of killers they could still win that tournament, you know, and, and, and 
they probably yeah they just have less lottery tickets so I, I i love that um but i and i guess the the the, the approach really is that um you know you don't uh, you know i think there's a certain point where you're just like you're feeling like you're sort of being picked on by the gods or something like and i think uh i like that to to think about you know that you really just need to reset yourself and sort of really focus on continuing to make good decisions and um i did find myself in that moment you know needing to sort of like take, take you know yeah. take a deep breath i probably you know i probably need to play less hands probably not play you know i just tried to step back because i was pretty frustrated but um yeah no i mean i, I think it's really good advice yeah as I say, it, sh- it should create some shifts and like you said you know the worst player can win this tournament the worst player cannot win a chess tournament mm-hmm. like even if there's three thousand people in it, it they are not going to win um and so many poker players want it to be chess but they don't really because they want to win money <laughs> and and it's sort of working through that mindset of it yeah it would be nice if my skill level meant i won however um this, this is why I can make a living. This is why I can make money from this. And if I continue making the right decisions, like really what you described, this, hey, bad beat, work my way back, bad beat, work my way back. Every time you're giving yourself another shot at getting lucky. And, and really that's, it's that process of, it doesn't matter if you have 50 big blinds or five big blinds, your only job is to play those big blinds as well as you can. If you can keep that mindset and get through the fifth time to the 10th time of that happening, you will have even more deep runs and you'll make more money over the year, but you won't necessarily win that tournament. I, I love it. And for, for those of us who are virtual railing Chris on Discord, it was it was a hard, it was painful to, to watch because he was like, okay, okay, I'm gonna recover. And he recovered and he's like, oh, it happened again and it happened again. <laughs> yeah, it was it was tough to watch. But yeah, I think, yeah, I, I think you you kept it together pretty well there. You did finish pretty well, so that you didn't like punt it off or whatever, but uh that was that was tough. I'm I'm curious, uh Elliot, not to put you on the spot, but of all of your clients, who's the biggest complainer? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. You don't have to. Have <laughs> but if you want to, me. <laughs> I just wanted to know who these three people are that are complaining. I need a, I need a client list is what I need. But but what I hear in this whole thing, I mean, especially from what you were talking about at the beginning, is is just this intentionality. And I think um, I, I'm curious how some of us recreational players, maybe how you would advise us to get over that hump of intentionality, because you're talking about. You know, like Chris set it up really well. Okay, I'm trying to exercise. I'm trying to eat right. Trying to get the right state of mind. I'm meditating. I'm I'm being very intentional. And I think mindset is something that I've only explored on the surface. You know, if I'm being completely transparent, but it feels like there's so much intentionality that goes behind it. Yet there's so many of us recreational players that are. It's still we want to do really well, but it's a hobby. And you know, I'm going to run right from my work meeting to the to the 10 a.m. tournament at Running Aces and kind of hang out there and have some laughs, but I really want to do well, but then I know I'm not playing my best and I didn't eat lunch and, you know, talk, talk a little bit. Is, is that a mindset thing or is that just a, a personal discipline thing to try to get us to the point of really getting ourselves in that right mindset and, and the right physical state to be able to compete at a good level? Well, I think um, one, obviously it depends on the stakes you're playing at. It depends what your opponents are doing. Um, so that's the first thing you've got to take into account. You've got to think about how seriously you want to take poker, how much it's about fun and how much it's about actually playing as, as well as you possibly can. Um, all of those things you described are just the soft skills. So I put them under mindset because they're not technical. Mm-hmm. So, you know, looking after the, the health of your body, making sure that you're eating the right food, making sure you've got the hours of sleep, doing some kind of preparation, meditation beforehand making sure your plans on the breaks are all set up so you have the best chance of not being on tilt or exhausted when you get back to the table. Um, the, the real, so I guess the difference comes, and, and this is where it can be quite hard for me because it's extraordinarily rare for me to ever be talking to a recreational player. Like It wouldn't mm-hmm. make sense for them to work with me. So I only see it from a professional perspective. Um, but a large percentage of the edges professionals are taking aren't necessarily technical. Um, if you're feeling energized, if you were meditating this morning, if you've, you know, on your break, you, instead of going and talking to everyone and having a dinner with five people, you're going back to your room and eating a salad and sleeping for 20 minutes. Like that, there are these soft edges that you can get that actually really add up over time. And, you know, what a lot of the professionals will notice is the recreational players after dinner break play substantially worse than they play before dinner break. 
Um, and, and it's just your choice. As I say, if this is just for fun, you're allowed to just go and play poker and have fun playing poker. But if you're, you're probably not going to play to the level of the professionals if you're not doing the things that the professionals are. And I think that's the same for any sport or recreation. Um, you know, different people take it more seriously because it's their living. Other people take things for fun. It's like, you know, golfers, weekend golfers versus professionals. It's a very different thing. They're both playing golf, um, but the weekend golfer doesn't really have an expectation of beating Tiger Woods. Um, I think in poker, you can win in individual hands and that gives you a huge sense of confidence over a professional. But again, I, I like to view all of it as drawing things out over a very long time scale um and sort of this this being realistic if if someone's doing all of those things they will have an edge against the players who aren't doing those things in my mind like that's what i believe around the game and professionalism yeah and, and i love that you called it out too i meant to kind of say that in the intro that really your niche is finding those people that are really high performers in whatever that is whether that's poker some other sporting event it could be business could be whatever and then saying all right you've plateaued right let's let's get you to the next level let's get you to um, break through yeah i mean to get to give you an idea i really feel that i'm trying to take people who are at 97% to 98% and it's just mm -hmm. for those particular individuals that 1% is really valuable for them but but that's my whole niche. So it's already this, a lot of this subtle stuff. It's overcoming emotional issues that might be holding them back. It's self-sabotages, but it's not people who are at 65 trying to get to hundred. Mm -hmm. It's I'm at 97. I'm doing great. However, there's a small thing that I know is costing me a fortune. If I get to 98, instead of being top 20 in the world, I'm top five in the world. And the difference between being top five and top 20 is millions of dollars. Can you help mm -hmm. me? Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that sort of is a very weird niche to be working in. As I say, that's why it makes it slightly harder when we're talking about, hey, recreational players going there to have fun. Um, you're allowed to just go and have fun. But it wouldn't be what I'm, I'm talking about with people on a day-to-day -day basis. Right, but I think there's some really good insight that comes from, because when you're talking about, okay, taking people from 97 to 98%, you know, as you're talking about the people that are at 97%, I think we have a lot to learn to go, okay, I want to aspire. How do I aspire to be at 97%? So I think we learn through osmosis a little bit, like, okay, well, these are people that are already doing this stuff. And I think if we're out there listening, going, well, I'm not even doing that stuff. I better get yeah. my stuff before I worry about that 1%. Let's get that 30% worked on right now. I, I'm, I'm kind of curious as, as you deal with these high, you know, these really high performers, wherever they are, um, what's the, what's been the impact of COVID on that? And you can take that any direction you want, whether it's what they're struggling with, what, you know, what, you know, how it's changed, how you approach things, but what has been the impact of, of COVID on your work? Um, I mean, a, a, a lot of the people saw growth in their business. Um, so, you know, I, I certainly did. I work 100% online. There was there was no impact and I help people deal with stress and anxiety. So clearly for, for my sort of industry, it, it was a growth year. It was, you know, obviously it was tragic for a lot of people, but it wasn't the case for me specifically. Um, so I'm very fortunate there. Um, but I did see the people who adjusted to it fastest had extraordinary success. And the people who said this is going to disappear in three weeks, they really struggled. Um, I, I think a lot of people sort of put a bit of a flag up around it. They decided early on whether this was fake or if this was real. And the people who decided it was real early and adjusted their businesses to it made more money. And the people who followed the narrative of this is, this is fake, it's disappearing in three weeks, um, a lot of those people suffered pretty substantially financially. Um, I would say obviously in poker, almost all of the live poker disappeared worldwide. Mm -hmm. um, obviously there's some that's been going on in America, but most of it was canceled. So I, I helped some live post, post transition to online poker. So that was interesting to see sort of the move towards that. And then, I, I mean, I don't know because it's obviously probably talking mainly to American market here, but the European market um, saw the games get much softer online this year. So obviously half, most of Europe was locked mm -hmm. inside for the entire summer. Um, so the MTTs were much softer. They were much larger. They did series after series after series on the different websites, on the international websites. So online poker became very profitable again for the pros in those countries as well. So they're the sort of the standout things. Obviously I'm expecting there to be some kind of hangover 
from COVID um, in terms of people struggling with anxiety issues, um, fear around you know viruses and germs continuing, people having social issues because they've been stuck inside. So I, I expect this to show itself in sessions probably for the next five to 10 years. I'll be hearing stories about how COVID impacted individuals um, around depression and anxiety and things. Um, so, I mean, it's been a, a very rough and testing time for most people. And yeah, I'll, I'll probably see that play out somewhat. I've got, uh, if you guys have any questions, feel free to jump in. I've got one more for you. But first of all, a comment that Kim made early on, she's listening in on the podcast and she's talking about primed mind. She says she uses it all the time to clear her mind and to get to sleep. So your voice is making her sleepy. So <laughs> I don't know if Kim is still uh, in the chat. Or I'm she's... just, I'm just boring chat. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all it is. Unless she's, she maybe has fallen asleep, but, but yeah. um, the, the one, the one question I have is something that we've had you. <laughs> yeah, she is sleeping. Uh, one question uh, that I've had, I don't think we've talked about this much on the pod. I just wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about this. And for folks that are listening to you, because whenever we have you on, people are like, man, I really like how he thinks. I like, like his thing, but your, your podcast, I don't think we've really yeah. talked about that. You're, you're the a game advantage podcast. So I'll give you a chance to kind of tout that, but what is that? Cause that's an, a very, you know, people that are listening to this, obviously listen to podcasts. So <laughs> what could they learn from uh, jumping on yours? Yeah. So well, I've got a couple of podcasts. So I've got a poker specific one called the mindset advantage podcast. And that one, I just interview people in the poker world. Um, and we talk about mindset and it's just mm -hmm. half an hour long. Um, and we've had, I think, I mean, I've had a lot of episodes, over 150, maybe 200 episodes, all of them the same format of just typically a high level um, poker pro talking about what they've learned around mindset over their years in the game. But are they all, um, sorry I, to interrupt you, are they all clients of yours or not necessarily? Not, not, all, not all of them are. A, a decent number have yeah. worked with me at one point or another. That's how I've got the contact and that's how they came on the show, but not everyone. Um, I actually, I saw you picked up Michael's book. I interviewed him on that book. Um, so, you know, those that, that's one podcast I have. The other one, we changed the name. It was the AA Game Advantage. It's now the Prime Mind podcast. We're just moving over the branding. Um, and that one is high performer. Same thing, but much more business. Um, so people running companies, founders of businesses, um, experts in different areas that might be useful. So health, nutrition, sleep, et cetera. Um, so just trying to give people top tips on how to improve their life and get a little bit of a different take. Um, from different directions as to things that can help you become successful and, and find a bit of an edge in any area. So they're the two podcasts that, that we're running. At the and moment. are they both, are they, are both of the podcasts sort of geared toward the elite looking for breakthrough or are some of those more accessible to um, those of us who I are at the 65% level? I, I mean, I would think that they're really, it's, it's the elite giving away their secrets. <laughs> Like sometimes, sometimes I, sometimes I listen. I think, wow, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be giving this away. Yeah, exactly. So, so I mean, it really is one where if you're if you're looking to to get to the higher end, I mean, there's there's a lot of people who are willing to share a lot of information. Um, so, so yeah, definitely the poker one for you guys. Um, there are a lot of a lot of poker players who have given really really excellent interviews over the years on that, and they have just said exactly what they did to become successful. And I think a lot of the time, if you just model the behavior of someone who's very successful at something, you can get yourself a lot of the way there. Mm -hmm. Love it, Jim. Yeah, um, I know everyone on the panel here is anxious to get back into live poker. I won't speak for them, but personally, I'm very interested in getting myself from 37 back up to 38%, which is, <laughs> I feel like a realistic target for me. So when yeah. we're when we're, when we're uh, getting ready to get back into live poker, I think you mentioned it already. People are going to have some anxiety issues about social situations, about going back to crowded casinos and that kind of thing. Do you have any big picture general tips for people that are trying to, you know, they, they, they're missing live poker, but they don't want it to be a bittersweet experience. They want to just go in there and like, they want it to be like it used to be. And I, I think it's not going to be like that. So is there, a, yeah. what can we do to help, help these people? I mean, I think I think a lot of it's going to come down to just reps. Mm. Um, I think the first time you go back, it's probably not going to feel the same or great, um, and people are going to be acting a bit weird, and it's going to be, everyone's going to be a bit more anxious and a bit more testy. Um, but I think that's the same with kind of the supermarket or getting on an airplane or or anything else for the next few years. And I don't I don't know how long it's going to take. I think probably you know a month of going to a poker poker room again. Probably everything's going to be relatively back to normal. Um, but that sort of thing's really difficult to prepare for prior to the day that you do it. And, and I think 
yeah, as I say, I just think these types of strange situations and anxieties are going to show because, I mean, think of nightclubs. Like, how strange is a nightclub going to be or a bar? And you know, when every 5,000 people in a, in a big crowded stadium or something, I think this is there's going to be a lot of things that feel a bit awkward to people. I think in poker, potentially, it gives you an edge if you deal with it better than others. Um, so, so, you know, there's something to be aware of there, um, that there could be an edge around this sort of situation. Um, but the preparation outside of visualizing it and just trying to calm yourself down, um, I, I think it's just going to be a case of getting yourself through the door as quickly as possible. Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat um, until that feels like normal again. Whereas, you know, right now it's, it's been quite different to that. That's so good. All right. So we're going to let you go there. I know we could talk to you for hours. Your, your voice puts some people to sleep. Some of us, uh, uh, like, not like you, Kim, some of us are actually <laughs> listening, yeah. trying to learn something. from, from but, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Kim. Just, just a sec. I, I just want to plug it. I also uh, have used Elliot Rose, the Prime Mind podcast, awesome. to help with my sleep issues. <laughs> and his voice is very soothing. I would take it as a huge compliment, if I were you, that you have the ability to put people to sleep who have trouble with that. <laughs> um, so I, th- I found the, the sleep course in there absolutely phenomenal. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. I mean, we, I, mean, I joke a lot, but we, we put it out there because we wanted to help people as much as possible. And the sleep thing is a big deal. Like if you're not, we've all been there where we can't get to sleep. And yeah, so really awesome to hear that it's helping. So, so people that are listening, get Primed Mind, get the app. Uh, most of it's free or a good chunk of it's free. At least you can at least try it out there. Uh, connect with Elliot, listen to the podcast. Uh, maybe check out some of the courses he's got. Look at the, look at the website, elliotrow.com. But uh, if people are also saying, okay, I want to connect, keep connecting with you is that enough? What else could they do? How else should they connect with you? Is there a newsletter or um, Twitter? What, what should they be doing? Yeah, I, I, I think so. <laughs> on the Twitter, I'm at Elliot Row one on Twitter and at Elliot Row on Instagram. Um, and then I think if you sign up for Prime Mind, I think it you'll you'll add you can act like add to an email list and then you get news about the podcast as they come out and any events we're running and, and things like that. So the best thing is really sign up to Prime Mind and when it says, would you like emails, say yes. And then um, you'll get all of the information as, as those things go ahead. I love it. All right. Well, we'll put all the information in our show notes as well. We'll let you know when it's out there. But Elliot, man, you've been a great friend of the show. Hey. Uh, and thanks for getting the ball to the Reckies too. I know you did an award uh, for the Reckies. That was, oh, yeah, yeah no worries. <laughs> we had so much fun. That, that, was, that was really fun. I thought that was a really cool idea. So yeah, we had, we had so much fun. We had a bunch of people doing the videos and gave out a bunch of awards and just a real community building thing. So thanks for uh, taking time to do the video for that. Hey, no problem at all. Thanks for having me on. Really good to talk to you guys. And um, again, anytime in the future, just hit me up. Sounds great. Well, we'll let you go. We're going to do some community happening stuff here, but you can just drop off and we'll Perfect. connect you next time. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks Elliot. Cheers. All right, guys. Well, let's, let's, D debrief a little bit here. What uh, what stood out to you guys? I'm getting up to 38. percent I feel like I've got <laughs> what I need now. I'm going to climb that mountain. <laughs> I really, yeah, it kind of related to that. That what he talked about people at 97, bringing them to 98. Um, whenever you get to a certain level of something, to go to the next level is so much harder. Mm-hmm. I remember when I first started playing golf, I was like a 28 handicap or something. I was horrible. And I worked and worked and worked and got my way down to a single-digit uh, golfer. And I kept working, but I couldn't get any better. It was just like you reach this point where you just can't – there's nothing you can do to get that much better. So, I mean, it was real easy to get from 28 down to 20 and then from 20 down to 13 or something like that. That didn't take a long time to do. But once you got down to those single digits, trying to get any improvement at all was almost impossible. And, so go ahead. You have to be really good. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think that's where a lot of people give up. I mean, I'm sure I've been guilty of it in my life too, but you know, I mean, I've talked about this a little bit. I do some business coaching and people take their business to, you know, their, their small business, they take it to a certain level and then they just sort of plateau. And that's as far as they can go on their own given abilities and experiences and whatever. Yep. And they don't seek the help or they don't think anybody can help them because you don't really know my business. Uh, and I think, you know, if, if they can, do what they need to do. They can get over to that next level. And I think it's probably the same thing that Elliot encounters or people that haven't taken on an Elliot Rowe as a, as a mindset coach. They think, well, who's this guy? He's not a world-class poker player. He's not a world-class 
you know, a drag racing driver, you know, so how can he help me? But he can, he can help you get to that breakthrough. So I think that's, it's true in all of it, right? We hit that plateau and then what are we going to do? We're kind of at a crossroads. Yeah. Yeah. Good Fortunately, stuff. I think to Jim's point, I think we all have a lot of, a lot of room to grow in the poker area. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. We got some low hanging fruit uh, that we can exactly. pluck before we get up to 97%. Yeah. Talk about how he prepares for tournament. And I'm like, check. These are all the low hanging fruit that I got. Oh. <laughs> yeah. no, but I, I do love that. I do love the idea that, that when we think about, I mean, he, he even mentioned this is like the truly elite players, you know, they're finding their edges it's not just the decisions they're making at the table, but they're going to rest when they have a dinner break and they're going to, you know, they're coming prepared. They're making sure they had enough sleep the night before they're, they're just, they're, they're preparing themselves, not just for the moment, but sort of in advance of that moment. Um, and I think that's a really interesting, that's a really interesting insight that uh, recreational players or less experienced players are, are come back from dinner breaks and are, are play worse. Yeah, I, I didn't. I, it's not something I'd heard before, but that's that's really interesting, and it's something to really think about. You know, what what do you do when you have a dinner break, and are you going to come back with the same mindset that you came when you started this tournament, and you're like really taking it seriously, and you know, you're not digesting whatever you know you just had for dinner or whatever. Just like it's, I think that's a really uh, interesting thing to think about. Yeah, yeah I was I was in a uh, when my when I won my seat into the WSOP main event in this group we had there was 18 of us and we got to the dinner break and we all went to applebee's there's an applebee's next to the, near this guy's house so we all went to applebee's i'm watching these guys you see how they're a lot younger than me they're eating burgers and fries and they're having beers i i'm having the chicken caesar salad and a glass of water right <laughs> so we get back after after dinner and i'm watching these guys that had been um eating the burgers and the fries and the beer and they're falling asleep at the table i mean you could just see them nodding off at the table and i'm you know i'm wide awake and i'm ready to go and i end up winning the tournament so it it definitely i saw it in action i saw it actually happen right in front of me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i was hoping the french fry eater with two oh you but it's a it's a great lesson for all of us recreational poker players because we have a lot of room to like we don't need to find really small edges. We've got tons of huge edges that we can still pick up. And so it's a great point for all of us, especially we're not, we're not full-time players. We're not full-time studiers. So our study time is limited as well. So I think as recreational players, it's really important that we study the right things, use our study time effectively, and don't buy into the fancy play syndrome where you know, you're spending an hour a week studying some obscure five bet, you know, mixed range. Uh, it's not going to come up enough. Study the stuff that comes up all the time. Pre-flop ranges, flop action, board textures, sizing on, on seed bets. That's the kind of stuff where we are going to find ourselves in those bread and butter situations all the time. Those are the areas that we should be getting better at. Let's get better. Let's get some big edges. Um, let's eliminate some of these uh, yeah, just worry about that little stuff later when we're competing against other human computers that we're not right. One, one thing to think about too, uh, about, you know, like Elliot Rose type of stuff. It's about optimizing the way you think and the way you operate. So it really has nothing to do with poker mm. per se. So doing some of the mindset advantages while we may not be to the point where that is not the most valuable thing to make us a better poker player it might make us a more productive human being Mm. and so that might bleed over into other areas or just having the right mindset to be able to make productive use of your study that's one of the things i'm struggling with with right now i'm obsessed with another computing project and that's making it really hard for me to focus at all on getting better at poker Mm -hmm. so you know there's uh, i don't i i think the mindset process can help anyone with lots of different areas it's not related to poker it's not related it's just related to life yeah drop the mic let's go somsky 
dropping the wisdom, but no, I, I totally agree with it. I think, you know, the word that kept coming to mind when he was talking was intentionality, 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 you know, it doesn't just happen, right? We don't just wake up one day and we're disciplined and we're doing the right things and we're more productive and we've, we're in the right mindset. I think it does take, it does take intentionality. So I think he can lead us there. Or I'll listen to you guys. You guys can lead me there. <laughs> well, let's Rob's uh, our Zen master. Yeah, exactly. You're all Zen masters. So let's let's uh, break there. We're going to listen to hear uh, from Jonathan a little. When we come back, um, we're going to do a Facebook Live. I'm going to try this. We're going to do a Facebook Live while we're doing the podcast recording. Oh, man. Just because we're giving away a uh, book, book or books. We'll let, we'll let John and or we'll let uh, Rob and Jim kind of set this up after the break. Well, let's hear from uh, from Jonathan Little. Have you ever wondered whether you should call a preflop raise or three bet instead? What do you do when you have a flush draw? Do you raise it or do you just call? What do you do with ace-king when you miss the flop? Are you tired of guessing about what the right play is with your particular hand? Well, my name is Jonathan Little and I am a two-time World Poker Tour champion and creator of PokerCoaching.com where we offer over a thousand interactive hand quizzes where you play a hand and then get real-time feedback from our world-class pros. Don't guess and don't stress. Just register for your free account at pokercoaching.com slash recpoker right now. All right, there Ooh. it is. So we are on Facebook Live right now. We're doing this recording. For those of you who are on Facebook Live right now, we'll see if this works or not. Um, <laughs> we're actually in the middle of recording our podcast. We just got done talking with Elliot Rowe, a super fun conversation. And we're jumping on to Facebook Live to give you guys an idea of what you're missing out on if you're not a premium member. You could be here with our other members listening into this stuff. But we are going to be giving out uh, one, two, I don't know, copy, copy. One of you guys said it up, Michael Acevedo's book, um, Modern Poker Theory, it's the new book club coming up, book study coming up, and we are going to give away a couple of these books over over a period of time. So, Rob, why don't you set this thing up? What are we doing here tonight? Well, we've got, uh, fortunately, our buddy Chad gave us, Chad McBean gave us a list of the people that shared and liked uh, the tweet that we put out there on the poker. And if we had, I think, like 16, 17, 18 people on this thing. So, I wonder if Jim has one of his. Oh, I knew he would. I knew he would. <laughs> I got the nerd die right here. I got, and and we we actually we got twenty one people in the contest, but four of them, uh -oh. four of them, I know are already. They've already got a copy, or the on they're on the panel. So uh, we're cutting this down. And one of them is the author of the book. I don't think he needs one. I, I, I thought Michael Acevedo might not need a copy, so I didn't want to put him back oh, in the man. draw. But See, people, we needed a few more uh, likes here because then, then Jim would be stuck. Like, what would he do? He'd have, <laughs> That's he true. He wouldn't have the right dice. We'd have to give out more than one copy, I think, Chris. Uh, okay. That's what we'd have to do if we yes, got more than one twenty. Exactly. So shame on you, Rec Poker Nation. You were so close. Oh, you were so close. But here we are. I've got the names down here in alphabetical order. Let's roll the nerd die, hoping for a critical hit. 13, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, four bests. At Forbes, P H O R B A S. Nice. Congratulations. That's a Twitter handle I don't recognize. So that's a Twitter handle. Nice. What's that? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I, yeah, I don't know who it is. So, there, so what, name, what do they his, do? So if they're little, his, well, name, his name on Twitter is also Forbes. <laughs> so oh. there's, no, there's no, it's just Forbes. We, we got to meet this. I don't person. know anything more than that. <laughs> so what we'll do is we'll send out uh, a tweet from Rec Poker. Uh, with his name and saying that he's won and to contact, probably contact Jim. Sounds right. good. To get and then we'll ship them the a copy of the book and they can join us for the book study. Yes. How fantastic. Sweet. All right, we'll end the Facebook Live there. Congratulations for us, whoever you might be. All right, well, good stuff, guys. Okay, so what? what let's talk about the book study. Anything else that we should know that our folks that are listening to the podcast should be aware of? Well, uh, by the time you hear this podcast, we have already had our first session, which is two days from when we're recording this. Um, but the first session, we're just going to go through the introduction, basically. There's a lot of uh, basic information, kind of like some of our other you know, book studies that we've done. They always start with some basic information. So we'll, we'll get a group discussion about that basic information, and we'll talk about how we want to approach the study of the book. Uh, most of our people are MTT people and not cash game people, and there's a huge section of the book that is all about cash games 
So we'll talk about how we want to approach that portion of the book. And then obviously the next part of the book is a lot about MTT. So we'll, maybe we'll go a deeper dive into that section, but we'll talk about that with our members as we go through in the first session. And, and, and sometimes our folks are listening to the podcast. Oops, sorry. Sometimes our folks are listening to the podcast like weeks later. And so maybe they're listening to this now going, dang it, I missed out on the, the book study. They can still jump in at any time. And if they're a premium member, oh, yeah. they can watch all the recordings, right? Sure, sure. Watch all the because we'll have we'll have them posted each week. Uh, whatever we do is it'll be all recorded. It'll be posted each week so you can catch up. If you need to, if you've missed a few sessions, you can catch up. Um, obviously, if you're reading the book, you're going to get a lot out of it. Um, and then join us if you're, you know, if you have an opportunity to join us on during that book study because that's where we get into the um, interactive. I mean, we're really there's everybody's involved in it. We're back and forth and we're talking about the um, the subject matter. We're we're diving deep into the rabbit holes where people are asking questions about this. Well, what about that? And then we're all answering the question. It's not. You know, none of us are experts at the book other than Michael Acevedo, right? <laughs> uh, so we're all, you know, asking each other questions and, and trying to dive, do a deep dive into trying to understand what it's all about. And then when we're all done at the end, we'll have Michael Acevedo in to answer some of the questions that we weren't able to, you know, test out ourselves. In 2024. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, it might be that long. That's what I was going to say. Somebody said COVID will be over by the time we're done with this thing. <laughs> it's going to be a long one. So even if you are a little behind in your podcast episodes, um, you should jump on and, and get involved. Even, even if you're only a couple of weeks back, the first one um, where we'll actually have a signed reading isn't until April 7th. So you've even got a little time before then. Um, and yeah, we're going to be on this one for a while. So uh, don't be afraid to jump on and catch up. It's not going to, the train's going to be moving, but uh, it's not going to leave the station for a while. Nice. Well, thanks for your work on that, Robbie. I know it was a fun kind of bracket to get there. And I know Michael's excited uh, to be able to, to be part of that thing. And then Kim made a comment, he'll half a day, he'll probably have to be there to answer questions at the end of this thing, but <laughs> yeah. he'll probably be up for it. So book study, uh, sign up for that sucker, be a part of that deal. I want to touch base on a couple of things I mentioned before we jump into John stuff. Uh, I mentioned at the outset, just to make sure we, we tease that out a little bit. So Marek Madness, um, that is our, we're into the championship match. So as you're listening to this, uh, it'll be this Thursday night is the championship match. We don't know who it is yet because we're recording this a week in advance. So we still have the, the final four this week as we're recording it. Then there'll be the championship series. And uh, I believe that uh, the commentators for that are going to be your own Jim Reed, uh, as well as Ryan LaPlante from Learn Pro Poker. Those two are going to be doing the heads up commentary with the face up cards on twitch.tv slash poker. Thursday night, 8 p.m. Central Time. Uh, be there. Uh, it, the, the, the round one stuff was super fun. We did uh, the four matches over two weeks there. Uh, unfortunately, I got knocked out, but that just means I can enjoy the heck out of watching it. So uh, it was really fun. Uh, so be a part of that thing. That has been really cool. And the bracketology is there. Uh, we're keeping track of the predictions and uh, we'll figure out who actually was the best, uh, best predictor out of all of that. Uh, merchandise, I mentioned this at the beginning. So we just order merchandise twice a year because uh, it's just, it's a management, tough, it's difficult to manage it. Uh, and, and we want to get the quantities that we need to get the pricing that we want. So end of March, end of October, those are when we place the orders. Once in a while, we have stuff in inventory. So reach out if we have it in inventory, we can get it to you. But March 31st, it's your deadline to order for the spring thing. Uh, we set it up so you get it in time for, for the summer. When we go back live, uh, rep, rec poker, uh, that's a great way to support us. If you're wondering how to support us, wear the brand. Uh, in the past, it's always been white, white imprints on darker colored stuff. Uh, now we can do any color imprint on any color fabric that you, pretty much you can imagine. And if you're interested in the hats or any customized embroidery, pretty much any color thread on any of that stuff as well. So um, so, so we will uh, update that. If you have any questions, I see what, I mean, what is Heather Royal? Okay, look it up, Kim. <laughs> we got, you know, we got, we got these pink sweatshirts that are starting to emerge now. Guys and gals are wearing the pink. 
We got the blue hats. We got the McVean's got the red hat. Uh, so anyway, any combination, I know Jonesy wants to get the black logo on the white hooded sweatshirt. So all kinds of fun stuff. But if you have any questions, let me know, but you can go to the store, buy it there. If you don't see the color combination you want, let me know, order it. We'll order it. We'll get you the right stuff. So, and if it's not right, we'll give it to you for free. So whatever. <laughs> Tim doesn't like that, but Hey, if we <laughs> got to go somewhere. So that's going to be how it works. Um, sorry, Jim. Uh, also, and then the Learn Pro Poker Partnership, we're cranking there. Jim, I don't know if there's anything to add on that, but we've got the LPP Sunday nights home games going. Uh, we've got some other things in the works with the, uh, the study group. I think, yeah, I think the week, the Saturday after this comes out, I believe there's the first uh, Learn Pro Poker study group on Saturday for premium members. Or if you're a member at uh, Learn Pro Poker, as part of our collaboration, you're also welcome to come and uh, join the study group with our premium members. So you can go to rec.poker slash events if you want to see the event calendar there and you can see all the different links to all the different stuff um, but we're really excited about this learn pro poker stuff it's great getting ryan more involved in our scene getting more of the lpp members in the forums and chats and stuff like that so it's, it's great seeing it all come together and we've seen a we've seen an uptick we've seen more we, we're always getting members coming in but we're seeing more members of the rec poker uh site so if you're part of lpp you're saying let's check out this rec poker thing whether you want to play in the home games or not yeah, go to the forum, start engaging there. It's so much fun. Uh, and I'll just, <laughs> whenever I can, I use this as an opportunity. Community first, right? We're, we're a poker learning community, community first. So if, if you're looking for a community where you can come in and berate people and talk to people about what idiots they are, uh, you're not at the right place. Uh, move on, uh, carry on to the next group. Uh, that's fine. Uh, but if you want to be part of a community where we're positive, we're encouraging, uh, we're learning together uh, with, with good relationships that are going to last a lifetime uh we are uh we are what you've finally been looking for uh, for all those years uh you found it it's rec poker it turns out all right so uh mr somsky maybe it's time for you to talk a bit about the home games i can certainly do that <laughs> um first we did have our uh, no limit hold'em champion not the no limit hold'em we had our mixed game uh series on march 10th and it's shocking. I know everyone is surprised, but Patty 98 did not win. <laughs> he did, however, come in second. He did. He came I, in second. I was laying one to two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, and we had aces, five, four, three, two, zero. Kathy Chang got her very first mixed series victory. Uh, and... Yeah. And, and it, like, I can't let you get all the way through it, John, without cutting in here somewhere. <laughs> I was chatting with uh, Kathy in the DMs. She is so excited to be able to dethrone Mike Patrick for one month of uh, mixed champion. And she's, she's gunning for you, Mike. She has set her goal to be the mixed uh, player of the year oh. and to bring in the female performance of the year. Yeah, uh, so uh, Kathy is setting her sights. She's uh, aiming for the king. She's going to make it happen. So, Kathy, thanks for listening and thanks for all your great uh, reaching out in the Rec Poker forums and in the DMs and stuff. And congratulations. Way to go. Well, and this isn't just a flash in the pan. I remember when she signed up for the league, she sent me a personal message asking about when the mixed games were going to be because she was seeing just the daily series and wondering, you know, where the mixed games were. And I explained how the mixed series works. So she's definitely interested in that. Rob, did you have something there? I was just going to say, it sounds like she's aiming to get a recce next year. Yeah, I was going to say, somebody should tell Jill Burke. I think, wasn't she our? <laughs> yeah. We had a really hot, competitive thing. I think, was Jill or the kid? I don't remember who got a female performance of the year, but somebody should tell Jill that uh, she's in their sights as well. But yeah, I think if we can get Maria Ho back, that's kind of a pretty cool thing, too, to get Maria Ho to announce the female performance of the year. But yeah, I think it's an early, early front runner uh, for uh, <laughs> upset of the year. Uh, what just happened here? And we're having some fun with Kim in the chat here too, because there's a pretty there's a pretty stiff competition for female performance yeah. of the year already brewing up. So I'm excited to see how that develops. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> who knows who it'll be? But that was that was pretty pretty exciting for Kathy. And sorry, Mike, for your second place finish. That's gotta be <laughs> disturbing. That's tough coming in second like that. Well, and then of course we also had our daily series tournament of champions, and Apple Oh My Eye Harold mm. Berry got his very first silver pin, nice. winning the daily TOC. Uh, then Gloves Ten Ten Colin Anderson got his second 
standard victory of the year. Cows 2902. <laughs> Kurt got his first victory for the year. And Gibber. Just so you know, Kurt, I don't haven't met you, but I took a lot of heat for letting you win. And I'll just let you use your imagination for who was giving me a lot of heat for letting you win that. <laughs> I was told I was being texted during the final table. Do not let cows win. <laughs> and I stayed it away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No comment. Um, then uh, Gibber three. Jim Gibson got yeah. his first daily series victory mm-hmm. of the year. Nice giver. Ben Marr, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Bennett Martin. Elizabeth! Second daily series standard victory of the year. It's the free Jet and training course. Everyone in the crowd is winning these, uh, winning these tournaments. Just goes to show. Absolutely. Uh, then Hawsey 8, Michael Hawes got his nice. first of the year. Sixth lifetime, but first this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jasper Jr., Patrick Berry. Nice, nice. Won the daily mixed series. Gloves 10-10, not to be undone, decided to also win, that's Colin Anderson, an international series victory. Nicely done. Uh, And then another regular, Keto Man 335, uh, got his (laughs) second international series victory of the year. And for our LPP, Learn Pro Poker, we had M. Babker, Michael Babker. Ah. So they're... Michael, look at the post. There is uh, KL Cleeton's email address there. So contact KL, and he will work with you to get you your prize for winning the LPP Sunday event. Love it. Yeah, there's a lot of free jet and participants all over this thing. Man, just crushing. And I know uh, Chris and others that were part of that course are crushing online. And, and uh, yeah, and but heads up, uh, Colin Anderson. I mean, fantastic. So. I think he also took second in another one of the Saturday tournaments too. So he mm. almost had that mm. rare uh, two in one day mm. sort of Magra 44 <laughs> level. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, that is rare company. Job. And can only really do that on a Saturday anyway, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah that's true. Once per week. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. And just a, just a quick reminder for those of you who are going, okay, I won the pin. How do I get the pin? How does that actually work? Uh, we, we keep track of all the pins that have been earned. So you can earn one pin each year per series. And then you can win. The, those are for the bronze pins and you can win the silver pin. We keep track of how many you've earned. Uh, we send them out uh, free of charge to those who are premium members. Or if you've ordered merchandise, then we look back and say, how many pins do we owe you? Uh, and we send those out or send us 10 bucks and we'll send you whatever we owe you up to that point. So that's how you get the pins. But uh, if you don't claim them, they're not, uh, they're not, they don't disappear. <laughs> they're still yours. They're still earned. And we'll get them to you at some point in time. Sweet. Well, thank you, John, uh, for all the work uh, on that deal, of course, as always. So what else we got to talk about, guys? What else is going on? Seminar stuff, anything we should be aware of there? Uh, just be, just know that, uh, April's going to be, we're going to talk about turns and rivers. So, uh, it should be, uh, kind of continuing some of our post-flop conversations from previous seminars, but we're going to really focus in on some tricky turns and river spots, common mistakes, um, things like that. I think should be a good, good conversation. And I know I mentioned this last week, but we've got some new groups at uh, Rec.Poker. So if you're in the Rec, uh, Rec Poker community, whether you're a premium member or a community member, over on the left on that red bar, you can see a page for groups. And particularly the premium members, we've got some premium groups there that kind of have all the learning material for that area all tidied up and bundled inside with its own little forum. You can upload documents and share things like there. Uh, it's a great place to kind of get all that information links to the study groups and that kind of stuff. So even if you're not sure you want to get involved, go over to the groups page and just join a bunch of groups. What's the worst thing that could happen? Maybe you'll find someone you like, you never know. Leave them, leave them afterwards, join them, leave them if you're not, if you're not happy with it. No, good, good stuff there. So uh, just a couple of reminders for me. So tonight it's Tuesday night. If you're listening to this, when it gets released Tuesday nights, if you're a premium member, we got the OPA, the online play and hang, you play the home game, you jump in the OPA, you just hang out, have a few laughs. Uh, nobody can see your whole card. You're just hanging out, having fun. Usually the people that join the OPA, somebody ends up winning the thing. So there's a run good that comes with that deal. Definitely. Uh, basically, is. you know who I'm talking about. Um, but but also uh, Thursday nights, just a reminder, that's our Twitch night. Normally Taylor Moss streaming on Twitch uh, this Thursday based on the release date. 
It is the finals, the two out of three, too. So it's not just a single match. It'll be two out of three of the heads up, Marek Madness. Uh, having getting some great feedback. People say, how can I join this? Uh, I think we're learning some things, so hopefully we can expand this uh, for the next time we do it. But people want to do the heads up bracket thing. And am I dreaming or am I actually going to be joined in the booth by Ryan LaPlante next week to do, or that on Thursday night to do this commentating for these? Actually, Ryan's going to be joined by you is how this works. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's not, that's not holding on You're not joined by Ryan. <laughs> has the pleasure of being joined by. Oh my. No, that'll, oh be, my. that'll be fun. I don't, you guys might need to need your own microphone and, and audio channel for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to that. That's like yeah. a dream come true. What a so dream. much fun. So much fun. All right. So anything else for the good of the order, guys? I know the episode gets long, but a lot of good stuff happening. Uh, Elliot Rowe was a blast. Um, so check that out. All right, guys. Well, let's uh, let's cue the music here. Uh, go to rec.poker. Thanks, Elliot Rowe. Thanks to the panel. Chris, John, uh, Rob, and Jim. Thanks to the guests who joined us, the members in the chat. That was fantastic. Uh, thanks to running Ace for Race Track. We'll